Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today we're going to be talking about some of the locks on the river system because they certainly have presented some challenges this year and the information is continuously changing. So in addition to what we've been putting out there about the Illinois waterway, there's now a closure on the Tentom as well. So joining me today will be Karen Nettles. Some of you may remember Karen from a few years back when she was our member services coordinator. And Karen is back uh, for part of her day on the AGLCA team. So she's been collecting some of the frequently asked questions and the details that people are wondering about these lot closures. So that'll be our topic today. And then she'll walk us through what people need to know and I'll provide what answers I can. Before we start, I do want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral level sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Beneteau, Curtis Stokes and Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners out there to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. Karen Nettles, welcome back to Great Loop Radio. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be a part of it and back on the AGLCA team for at least a part of my days anyway. So Yeah, and, and even while you've been a little bit uh, removed from AGLCA, you've done a few of these podcasts with us. Um, so it's great to have you back and we can kind of talk over some of the issues going on out there right now because it certainly has been a challenging year for loopers trying to work their way down the river system. It, it sounds like that, and I know uh, there's some stuff going on right now with the Witten Lock, and I know that's kind of timely. So can you tell us a little bit about that, why it's closed? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great place to start. And um, for those unfamiliar with the Witten Lock, it is on the Tentom Waterway. It's at mile uh, 411.9, so roughly mile 412 on the Tentom. That's only about 30 or 40 miles from where you leave the Tennessee River and enter the Divide Cut. So it's at the upper part of the Tentom. Um, the Witten Lock, I believe, is the uh, biggest elevation change on the Great Loop. It's one of the largest in the country and it's 84 feet. So it's an enormous lock. Um, it's closed because there was an accident inside the lock over the weekend. This past Sunday, um, there was a barge with some crude oil that had an elision, uh, which for, I had to look that up, <laughs> similar to a collision, but an elision is a uh, actually a nautical term for when a boat uh, kind of scrapes against something, uh, in this case, the, the, the lock. Um, so at the time, it was estimated that about 120 to 160,000 gallons of crude oil was spilled um, inside the lock chamber. So if there's a bright side to that, it is that the oil was contained inside the lock chamber. Um, and the barge that spilled it is also still inside the lock chamber. So it's a pretty significant um, environmental issue and also a significant issue for loopers because it's caused the closure of the lock. Well, I'm sure they're on top of that. So how, how are they planning to clean all of that up? I'm sure it's going to take some time. It will take some time. Um, as I said, the, the spill happened Sunday. Crews actually arrived by Monday to uh, take care of the issue, but it will be a significant cleanup. Um, and they brought as much equipment as they can fit inside the lock to do this um, that can fit in there with the, the barge that's still, of course, in there too. So they're going to start by skimming the oil off the top. And they brought in equipment that they were estimating. And some of this is from a call on Monday. 
um, September 9th. There was a subsequent call on September 11th uh, where the information was updated. So they were estimating that they could skim about 20,000 gallons per day, um, which was the first step. And they were estimating that um, the 20,000 gallons per day was, was about what they could do. So, you know, 120 to 160,000 gallons at that rate is going to take quite some time. Um, as an update, on the 11th, they did kind of focus in on that number a little bit more, and they're estimating that the spill was 117,000 gallons, so a significant amount of, of crude oil. Once they've skimmed what they can off the top of the water, the next step is to clean the oil, um, wash down essentially the rest of the lock um, and the, the barge that is, is still inside the lock so they can remove all of that oil. And they described that as a process that they would do five feet at a time and uh, lower the chamber five feet at a time and scrub all that off the lock walls. So they were expecting that to be a very uh, long process. Well, taking all that in, into account and doing all the math, when exactly do you think the lock will reopen? An estimated date? So that's that? really, yeah, I have it, but it's a little bit hard to say. As of the September 9th call, um, they were saying it would be about a week to skim the top, and then the cleaning process would be one to two weeks. So that would be, you know, a total of two to three weeks, which puts us somewhere between September 23rd and September 30th. So, you know, roughly as of the 9th, I would have said, if you, you know, plan to arrive early October, you should be fine. However, on the September 11th call, they kind of backed off that two to three weeks a bit. They said they're actually running ahead of schedule on skimming the top, but they felt, um, and the, the they I'm talking about is uh, the Coast Guard was reporting on this and at the Corps of Engineers as well. Um, the Corps was reporting being ahead of schedule on the skimming, but the Coast Guard felt like and the core as well, too many unknowns on that cleaning, that washing down process to really say if the one or two weeks that they originally estimated is accurate. Um, in fact, one of the authorities on the September 11th call called that a wild guess, uh, the original two to three weeks. So unfortunately, I am uh, left to report to you that that is a pretty uncertain number. Um, and I know there's some of you who would really like some more up-to-date information. Um, the next call is actually scheduled for shortly after this podcast is released. So for our members and for our listeners who are not members, I will put an update on uh, September 13th in the afternoon. There is a, well, first of all, for our members, it'll go in the forum. There's also a section on the homepage of the greatloop.org website that is for um, important news, and it'll be right at the top of that section. So when they give us an update as to whether that two to three weeks is expected to be an accurate um, estimate, I will get that information out to you. But right now, the best I can tell you is it's a bit unknown, but hopefully by the end of September, the lock will be reopened. Well, you just said that you were going to get an update later today. Do you, is there a regular schedule for these updates so loopers can anticipate when you can pass along some information to them? 
Well, the spill happened, as I said, this past Sunday, and there were calls Monday, Wednesday, and of course, one scheduled for today, Friday. Um, I don't know that they will continue with that every other day kind of pattern. I expect that they will at least until they have a better idea of what a reasonable time frame is, because in addition to um, phase one, which is the skimming, and phase two, which is the cleaning, you know, the, once they've done the decontamination, um, they still have to... Uh, uh, move the equipment out of the lock and the barge that's there and salvage has to take place. So um, they can do some of those steps simultaneously, but it, it could be a longer process than was expected. So um, I would expect them to have calls a few times a week at least until the issue is resolved. Okay, so then the loopers can kind of relax and know that you're going to get the information out to them as you get the updates. But what can they do in the meantime, those loopers that are either heading in that direction or may mm -hmm. already be in that area? Yeah, well, there are, we know some loopers absolutely are in that area. Most typically would be running a little bit behind that um, at this point largely because as you start to enter the Tentom, you have some insurance restrictions because it's still hurricane season and you're moving south. So hopefully most loopers really weren't planning to be entering the Tentom just yet, but we know that there's some that are um, and some that who may be coming down the rivers and we're expecting to head that way. But the good news is there's actually a lot to do in the, in the section where you will be stopped. So uh, first of all, there are two AGLCA marinas in the area. You can stop at Green Turtle Bay and hold up there and wait, or Fisherdale Marina is also an AGLCA sponsor. They're both just above the closure, so please check them out. Um, but we've also been collecting the best of the loop in many categories. So I just wanted to share that two of the member-nominated um, best restaurants on the loop are places that you can go visit while you're waiting. One is Miss Patty's, which is at Green Turtle Bay. They had a fire in the past few years and were closed for a bit. Um, I think that they are open, uh, but possibly only partially at this point, but they are famous for their pork chops. And the other one is Abe's Grill in Corinth, Mississippi, was listed as one of the best restaurants on the loop. So definitely check that out. There are also um, one of the best small towns on the loop was named as Florence, Alabama. And it's it's slightly off the loop. It's a little bit uh, on the Tennessee River past where you would normally turn into the divide cut. But if you are waiting for the locks to reopen on the Tentom, that Witten lock, um, certainly worth your time and effort to continue on the Tennessee River a little bit further and stop in Florence, Alabama. Beautiful Southern town, lots of history. Um, and right nearby there is Muscle Shoals, which is a uh, an area that was highlighted on our forum recently by some members who were talking about all the, the wonderful things there are to see and do in Muscle Shoals, um, particularly related to the music recording industry. So if that's something that interests you, that is a great stop. So in addition to those specifics that are kind of on the route itself or just slightly there off, off, off of it, Two really popular side trips are in this area that you can use to, to spend weeks if you wanted to while you're waiting for Witten to reopen. One, of course, is taking the Cumberland River, and you can go all the way to Nashville, um, which can be a few weeks, and there's plenty to see and do in Nashville. And the other being uh, continuing on the Tennessee River uh, past Florence. Um, you can go past Joe Wheeler State Park in that direction, which is where the fall rendezvous will be in about a month. Um, and on to Huntsville, which is a decent-sized city with lots to see and do. And uh, NASA has a Space and Rocket Center there with a great museum. Uh, one of the space shuttles that has been retired is actually there in Huntsville. So a lot to see and do there. And you can continue on up the Tennessee River um, 
to Chattanooga or even beyond. Some have gone to Knoxville to go to University of Tennessee football games. So uh, the good news is if you were planning to continue south and can't, there's lots of other things to do. So keep that in mind. And as, as Karen said, we'll keep you posted um, in, in all the different channels we have on what's happening there at the Whitlock. Well, it sounds like, like I said, they've got plenty to choose from, even if with the delay. So that's that's good to know. And I know besides the Wittenlock, there's a lot of going on with the Illinois Illinois Waterway. So are there some details about the overall project at the Marcells and Starved Rock Lock that you'd like to share with us? There absolutely are, because that's kind of been a moving target um, continuously. But before we jump into the Illinois, why don't we take a minute and play a message from one of our sponsors. Then when we come back, we can give all those details at once without having to stop. So we'll be back in a moment. Curtis Stokes and Associates is a yacht brokerage company that specializes in great loop capable boats. Curtis Stokes is a supporter of AGLCA at the Admiral level. If you're looking to buy or sell a Great Loop veteran from a trusted and knowledgeable broker, visit the company on the web at curtisstokes.net, email curtisstokes at curtisstokes.net, or call 954-684-0218. We're back on Great Loop Radio. Today I am chatting with Karen Nettles, who is part of the Homeport crew for AGLCA, and we're talking about some of the problems with the locks that are kind of impeding progress for some loopers this year. And we're about to start talking about the Illinois Waterway a little bit, um, which is certainly a hot topic that's changed quite a bit as this project has gone on. Um, so Karen, I think you were asking me about some of the details about what the project is itself. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Um, most of you have probably been paying attention. If you listen to this podcast quite a bit, we had a whole series of episodes um, a while back on how to deal with the 2020 closures next year on the Illinois Waterway. Um, that project, it's a consolidated uh, closure plan that actually started this year and extends out into 2023. Um, not much focus was given to the closures that were happening this year. And the reason for that is um, it wasn't really originally expected to impact loopers as much as it has, but they are uh, basically replacing um, the bulkhead recess. They're installing that as part of this consolidated closure plan. So that's the part of the project for 2019 that is taking place right now at Marseilles and Starved Rock. And Marseilles, um, again, for anyone who's not familiar with the general area we're talking about, it is on the Illinois Waterway at mile 245. Um, and Starved Rock is at 232. Chicago, I believe, is around 327. So you're looking at, um, you know, 50 miles or so outside of Chicago uh, when you would start to have an issue getting further. All right. So it does sound like it, this is now going to impact loopers. So, so what's changed and what's the current status? Yeah. So the change, it was originally the work was expected to be completed by the end of August. So for loopers, that was manageable uh, because most loopers really would still be on the Great Lakes through August and not really be heading into the river system until the September timeframe. So even if a few were running a little bit ahead of that, waiting till the end of August really did not have much of an impact at all on loopers. However, um, and if you remember, if you again, if you listen frequently, we talked uh, back in May uh, again about the Tentom and all the rain and closures that have been caused there by flooding. Well, that flooding and that extremely rainy spring has happened all the way through the river system. So because of that weather, it has pushed the project at Marseilles and Starved Rock 
to fall behind. So of course, as it fell behind, it began to have a pretty big impact on bloopers. Um, so, so now we're looking at where people are dealing with this closure as they're trying to continue their loop. So it, it's been it's been kind of a problem, and the dates continue to change on what's happening when. So it, it's been it's been a challenge for sure. Okay, so what's the the current status, the opening and closing and so forth? Yes, so they have been on partial closure, both of those locks, for quite some time. And partial closure typically means um, that they are open for locking through from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., so overnight. And then for the 12 hours during the day, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., they're not locking anyone through because the contractor is in the lock performing the maintenance. I am happy to report that that partial closure is over. Um, there's pluses and minuses to that. Uh, the next step is unrestricted lockage. So the, the lock's operating 24-7 as they typically would when they're not being uh, having a maintenance period going on. That actually started on September 10th. So earlier this week, it was supposed to start on September 12th. Um, originally September 10th, then changed to September 12th, and then put back to September 10th. Um, kind of unexpectedly, on the 10th, they just uh, suddenly started opening again 24-7. So a couple days ahead of schedule on there. So as of right now, the current status at both Marseilles and Starved Rock is that you can lock through. The biggest potential issue you may have there is a backlog of commercial traffic. So keep that in mind um, because it sounds like, you know, hooray, everything is great. We can go through 24-7 right now. Let's go. But you may have a longer wait than you're expecting. But currently they are operating unrestricted. Okay, so given with all the traffic and then the especially the heavy commercial traffic and the the various schedules, what's the priority for traffic wanting to lock through and how's that going to impact loopers? Yeah, and for our newer loopers, uh, may not be aware of this, but uh, we are the lowest on the pecking order for coming through a lock. And that's not, you know, this is pretty much any uh, Corps of Engineer lock. Uh, military traffic has first priority, which you'll see very little of. Um, but after that, uh, all different kinds of commercial vessels have priority over pleasure craft. Um, they have told me, the powers that be running the project, that they will kind of follow the rule of three, which essentially says that a pleasure craft will not wait more than three lockages um, before the lockmasters will cycle them in in between commercial traffic. Um, they will sometimes also allow you to tie up in the lock with commercial traffic if they can fit you in. And that's you know basically on the agreement of both uh, the boat captain and the lockmaster. So even if there's a substantial backlog of commercial tows, which we're expecting, um, you should still be able to get through. But do expect there to be some wait times. Do remember that the lockmasters have the ultimate say. So even though they are um, expecting to operate on this rule of three that I mentioned, that is not set in stone. That is not a rule. Um, it's what they're expecting to do, but the lockmasters do have the final authority on who's getting in that lock when. So just a reminder to be patient, be professional and courteous uh, to those workers. We expect that you would get that same attitude back. Um, that's what's been reported most recently after there had been some problems reported um, in previous years. But, you know, they are probably just as stressed as you are about getting you through. None of these lock operators really want to have a pleasure craft waiting for hours and potentially end up cruising in in the darkness so um you know patience is going to be the key and just expect to wait and and be patient during this period while they are operating unrestricted 
and I'm sure the lockmasters are wanting to get boats in, in, in as quickly as they can, just like the boaters want to get in and out quickly, I'm sure. Yeah, we all have that same goal, and that's to get everybody through the lock. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you had already gave us the date, but just tell us again, when does the full closure begin? Yeah, so currently we're in the unrestricted period. The next phase is full closure. And what that means is that rather than being open 24 seven or on partial closure, they are closed completely. No traffic locking through. Um, that date has also changed as of September 10th. They changed the date for full closure at Marseilles and Starve Rock to begin on September 20th instead of September 21st. So I know it's one day, it doesn't sound like much, but if people were rushing to get there before the full closure begins, there could be a little bit of a snag. So um, September 20th through October 5th is the full closure at Marseilles and Starve Rock. Okay, um, and we know in addition to uh, that location, they've also added Lockport. So can you tell us why and when they're gonna add Lockport to the list? Yeah, and, and Lockport has kind of been handled outside of this because it was not part of the consolidated, consolidated closure plan. In fact, if you look at the website for the consolidated closure, it specifically says that um, Brandon Road and Lockport, which are the first two locks outside of Chicago that you'll come to, are not part of this, um, but it does have a caveat that if maintenance is needed, they could end up being closed. And that's actually what happened. A month or so ago, there was a maintenance issue at Lockport that is going to require complete closure to fix. So um, thankfully the Corps kind of looked at the situation and said, well, we've got this closure coming up further downstream let's do it simultaneously, which makes complete sense, obviously. So they kind of band-aided the issue and planned for closure at the same time as Marseilles and Starved Rock. So um, you will be stopped closer to Chicago than originally would have been the case. Um, Lockport is at uh, mile 294. Chicago is about two, uh, 327, as I said. So, you know, roughly 30 miles or so outside of Chicago is as far as you can get. So beginning September, oh, and that's the other thing though, um, Lockport was planned to coincide then with Marseilles and Starved Rock, but when they changed the start of the closure period for Marseilles and Starved Rock, they left Lockport alone. So Lockport's closure is still September 21st till October 5th. So Lockport is September 21st till October 5th. Marseilles and Starved Rock is uh, September 20th till October 5th. This is actually good news because coming from Chicago, as I said, if you're kind of rushing to get there before the closure, first one you're going to hit is Lockport. And then the next two are about a day away. So you've got that extra day. You still can get to, get to Lockport on the 20th and lock through. Um, but so you're still going to have an issue to try and get all the way through, though, before the closures. So, um, you know, certainly something to be aware of. Again, there wasn't a whole lot of attention paid to this because it was expected to be finished long before it will be finished. And so now it's looking at October 5th as the end of the full closure, and that should be the end of this part of the project, um, but over a month behind. So that, that's where it's become an issue for loopers. Well, now that the Lockport has been added to this and it's kind of a rush, like I said, for the loopers to get there if they want to get in before the full closure. Um, if they don't make it through before the full closure starts, then what can loopers do? Staying in Chicago is a great option. You know, of course, if you're listening to this and you're headed that way um, and there's if there's other things to explore, certainly don't rush. But as you approach Chicago, Hammond Marina in Hammond, Indiana, which is really a suburb of Chicago, Illinois, 
is a, an AGLCA sponsor. They have been for a long time. Um, it's a great facility. They will take good care of you while you wait. Um, certainly more economical than staying in downtown Chicago. And there is transportation to Chicago from there. In addition to, um, actually, there is a casino on site there at the Hammond uh, Marina. So that's a great option. Um, and again, kind of just slow your roll if you're, if you're headed towards that direction, but no, you won't make it before the closure. Well, it sounds like the AGLCA sponsor will be welcoming loopers and they'll have plenty to do because they can mm -hmm. get back and forth to Chicago. Right. So in, in the meantime, um, how can you keep us up to date, the loopers up to date on everything that's going on on the Illinois waterway? So for both of these issues, both the Wittenlock and the Illinois Waterway, we will keep that in the latest news on our homepage, as I mentioned, um, and we will keep the forum up to date. That's really our primary method of communication. One thing I can suggest there is that most of our members receive that on a daily basis. First thing in the morning, they get the summary in their email, and that's all the posts from the day before. Um, we've been ending up with a lot of posts with the same topic because people aren't checking to see if it's already been covered. So, um, you know, take a look at the forum. I've pinned the information on Lockport at the top, um, but we'll continue to keep that up to date with new information as it comes in on both of these issues. Uh, we also have been posting it to the Great Loop group on Facebook. So if you're not a member, you can check out the homepage or the Facebook group for details. Okay, so it sounds like that'll be uh, posted in, in many places so everybody can keep up to date with that. I know that, you know, you were already focusing on 2020 before the uh, 2019 issues came up, but what should loopers expect for the 2020 closures? I know you've already done a webinar on that once. We have, and that webinar is still available. The recording of it is available for our members. You can find it on our website. Um, for 2020, as I said earlier, that was the part that was always expected to be a bit of a hassle for loopers. Um, several locks will be closed, and the period of the closure, although some of the locks vary, but the total closure is planned for July 1st till October 31st of 2020. Certainly um, more of an issue even than this year because this year we're looking at it being open October 5th. Next year we're looking at November 1st. If you watch the podcast, I'm sorry, if you watch the webinar, you will, and probably the podcast episodes we did on this too, you'll hear me say that I, I didn't think, I, I felt, my own personal opinion, that they had uh, built enough extra room in the schedule to not miss those deadlines because it's a very commercial river and they just can't afford to miss it. However, after seeing how late it ran this year, really through no fault of the core, it's, it's you know, a weather issue. But seeing how that has happened and pushed it this far back uh, makes me a little bit more concerned for next year, where my original thought was that they had padded the schedule enough to avoid uh, missing the reopening, even if there were delays. At this point, I would have to say it's kind of anybody's guess. Um, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there are eight locks on the Illinois waterway, and all but two will be closed for some portion of the July 1st to October 31st closure. Starved Rock is scheduled to be closed for that entire time, which means you can't use that river all the way through from Chicago to the Mississippi. You can't get there um, for that entire time period until that all of the locks are open. Um, going beyond that, part of the consolidated closure plan does extend all the way into 2023. So after 2020, where it will be challenging, 2021 and 2022, barring any unforeseen maintenance issues, should be clear. And then in 2023, we've got an issue again. Um, Dresden Island and Brandon Road 
will be under full closure. The plan is from July 1st till September 30th. Um, so it's going to be another year a lot like this, where loopers are just going to have to delay a little bit and, and come out of Chicago later. A little bit harder than this year, because this year people have gone through during the partial closure. Um, in 2023, it looks like it's a full closure unless something changes from July 1st to September 30th. Um, so definitely start planning ahead for that. Um, it's still far out, so things could change. But we will continue to keep you as up to date as we possibly can on how this project is, is coming along. Well, you've given out a lot of information, and like I said, hopefully the loopers can um, be assured that you're going to get it out there. AGLCA is going to get it out there in a timely manner and keep them informed so they can can plan accordingly. So, Yeah, and I do want to thank all of our, our members who have sent me notices as they receive them. Um, that's always helpful. Sometimes I already have them, but sometimes I don't. So um, any information you can send my way is much appreciated um, and we'll continue to keep you up to date. But for now, I think we'll hold it there. Karen, thanks for joining me today and for making sure all these questions that you've been coming across have been answered. Sure, anytime. And to our listeners, thanks for joining us once again. We will see you next week on another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. Mm-hmm.